Welcome to the Infertile Mafia. That's Kayla. And that is Sarah. And today we're talking about being a square peg, trying to get in a round hole. <laughs> Feeling like you don't or can't fit into the infertility community. That's right. I was waiting for you to like say a joke about oh. getting into a round hole. I just, I lobbed you a softball, but you struck out. I was waiting for you to finish your sentence. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. Well, excuse me. <laughs> like, so you're going to finish that? Or I guess I'll finish it. <laughs> Thanks for finishing my sentences for me. That's so cute. <laughs> well, I'm reading it from a script, so. <laughs> yes. You just gave one of our secrets oh. away. What? There, there are a couple things that are scripted, and you guys can probably tell which ones are and which ones aren't. <laughs> because if we didn't have something for the beginning, we'd be like, oh. Well, we'd be even more awkward than we already are sometimes. What am I supposed to say again? <laughs> <laughs> so the business. We've got a lot of business today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the first thing would be that we are announcing our our giveaway winner, but you'll have to wait until we do out of the box. <laughs> a lot of thought went into the giveaway winner. It did. And confusion. <laughs> <laughs> right before we recorded this. I know you guys would expect nothing less from the two of us. Thoughts and confusion. Yep. Yeah, so we'll announce the winner or winners. Yeah, we have two winners. We've got two winners. And thanks to everyone, though, that gave us a rating and review or tagged us on Instagram. We really appreciate all the love. And again, we... We'll, st we'll keep asking you, even when we're not doing giveaways, we keep asking for ratings and reviews. You're and awesome. to share. Yeah. Yeah, because it's really the only way we can get the word out about our podcast is when you guys do that stuff. So this might come as a shock to you. We don't have like a big marketing firm behind us. It's just and me and Sarah. We don't have sponsors. <laughs> we don't have sponsors. This is a two woman operation. So, so we're just buying this stuff and sending it to you because we like you. That's right. Everything in the in the giveaway it came from us. It didn't come from any sponsors. No. So. Because who would want to sponsor us? <laughs> we talk crap on everyone who has products. You know. You Whoops. know, I saw this product called the Honey Pot. Have you seen that? <gasps> no. Yeah. I was like, I sent it to you. Oh, you did? Oh, You must I'm not sorry. look at my messages. <laughs> I ignore you and we're not doing the podcast. I guess so. Yeah, and it's uh, like Summer's Eve type stuff. Oh, and it's called Honey Pot. Yeah, I was like, the Honey Pot? Okay. They totally got that from us, but then I saw they started way before us, so they did not get that from us. But th we could, they could sponsor us. Yeah. After we try their product and know that it's good. Then they yes. sponsor us. No, I thought, thought thought the name was really funny, and they yeah. had a they had a funny uh, picture on oh, their yeah? Instagram. Nice. I'll check it out now. I also saw some deodorant that's supposed to be like good for your armpits and your lady parts. <laughs> oh no! They got me with their. I didn't order it. I thought about ordering it, but. You're not supposed to use it 
in both places, right? Uh, the person who developed it is an OB, and she says you can. I don't want to... I mean, I'm not going to dis... Yeah, that's not for me. Well, I haven't even been wearing any deodorant because it makes my armpits angry. Oh, yeah? So. You have sensitive skin. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but I don't want to rub... I'm not... I'm just going to stop right there. Someone told me that their sister-in-law and their mother-in-law use lemons as deodorant. I feel like that would make my armpits very angry. Just lemons? Yeah. They have pit lemons in their <laughs> their refrigerator. What? Yeah. That's crazy. I I mean, I've heard of some like hippy dippy deodorants, but not just lemons. Just lemons. Pit lemons. Okay. I'm sure they <laughs> they smell very citrusy. I don't yeah. She says it works, but she right. doesn't do it, so <laughs> Um, we have one more item of business before we get into not being able to feel like you fit in to the infertility club. And Sarah, I have a confession. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've, I've been cheating on you. What? <laughs> I've been talking about eggs and balls and stuff with someone else. I feel so betrayed. <laughs> Listen... It was late. There were margaritas. One thing led to another. <laughs> well, I guess if you can drink margaritas with someone, I can't be too mad. I mean, yeah, you you drink a margarita and the next thing you know, you're swapping uterus stories. What can I say? Let's talk about our vaginas. <laughs> Over our tacos. We, we literally had tacos. Talking about tacos. How were the tacos? The tacos were delicious, mm. as was the margarita. Um, but guys, I'm talking about this new friend that I made in the infertility community. I'm sure a lot of you know her. Um, if you don't, definitely go check out her Instagram account. It's called Infertility Illustrated. Infertility underscore illustrated. Yeah, her picture, her uh, illustrations are really relatable like I showed my mom this morning and she thought it was funny they're great she's super talented and her illustrations are all about infertility and unlike like with Sarah and I where you have to you have to dedicate a solid hour sometimes more of your life to listen to our podcast with her illustrations she pretty much pretty much sums it all up in one photo yeah <laughs> I mean, and you could probably listen to us in a half hour if you listen to us at double speed. And we'd probably be more interesting because we talk faster. <laughs> There's a tip for you. <laughs> if you're trying to be an efficient podcast listener. Um, but yeah, we she actually lives in the Chicagoland area. So we went and had dinner last night and it was really fun to meet her and just talk about everything not just infertility and she's this really cool girl and you guys should definitely go follow her show her some love again infertility underscore illustrated and lots of her her cartoons or her illustrations are really funny but then there's they some are. that just like really nail the sadness and the loneliness because that's part of it like i mean you know 
And they're kind of like, they remind me of fashion illustrations. That's funny that you said that because she said last night she loves fashion illustrations. Oh, well, that's what they make me think of. Yeah. Because all their, all the people in them are fashion-y. Right. I know. It's really good. Guys, go check it out. And she, um, she gave me some good feedback for us. Like, she was very encouraging. She likes the podcast. She listens. And she was so surprised that you and I have never met in real life. Oh, really? <laughs> she thought we were in the same room, you said. Yeah. She's like, I just thought you were talking in the same room. I'm like, oh. Nope. <laughs> no, we are not in the same room. We've we're never alone. even met <laughs> in real life. True. But, I mean, if we met in real life, it would be just the same. Right. Yeah. But um, she was very complimentary, and she's great. Like, she's awesome. She also said she doesn't mind when we screw stuff up, so. Oh, that's good. <laughs> because if you well, mind that, you probably <laughs> are very frustrated with us all the time. Right. And uh, I have a little secret. I, I saw you guys making plans on Instagram. Oh, no. I at least, I saw her half of the conversation. Were you stalking me? It was just popping up on my phone. <laughs> well, <laughs> we we exchanged numbers so we can privately cheat on you now. Okay, good. <laughs> I saw you. I have oh, your no. password. <laughs> oh, I man. knew it was going to happen. Oh, I'm sorry, Sarah. You're the only one for me. It'll oh. never happen again. Hey, it's okay. Abby, uh, <laughs> Abby's going to come visit me in about a month. So that's right. You can get your fix, your little taste on the side, and I'll get mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on to the fertile and fertile. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. So there's a few reasons why people might find themselves in this category right or even stumbling upon the infertility community sure and they yeah. like you are welcome here oh yeah let's just say that up front before we even get into it like if you're having to do fertility treatments for any reason you are welcome here or like, if you've had a loss yes or if you just want to learn about infertility and our point of view if you know people going through it you are welcome here yes everyone's welcome here yeah but i mean as it relates to this topic i think i'm glad you brought that up because i felt like it was a recurring theme especially among women with recurrent pregnancy loss mm -hmm. that they felt like they were in some way like offending the infertility community by talking about their situation and then no. I know right I just want to put that like out there way up front that if you feel that way like you're in the infertility community but you're not technically quote infertile but you find yourself here because you've had recurrent loss like don't ever feel that way and if anyone makes you like gives you that sense then just don't yeah don't I even waste like, your time on them i feel like a loss is way above not getting pregnant i agree so i mean like, they're different in, yeah as far as being sad of course 
why people would find themselves in the infertility community. There's when a, not being in, when they're not infertile. Yeah, yeah. Like a list of reasons would be the recurrent pregnancy loss, same-sex couples, uh, bodily injury like damaged reproductive organs, cancer, paralyzation, that type of thing. Uh, secondary infertility, known genetic disease, and single parents, men and women who want children but never married or found. A person to reproduce with. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm sure there's more. Those are just some that I know are true, but I'm sure there are even other reasons that, that I didn't list here. Um, but yeah, those are some of the, some of the reasons you might find yourself in the community. And we are going to just share from some of you guys that, that, shared not only like why you're in this category but then also like how your experience has been in the infertility community and that's why I thought this was like helpful for us to do an episode on this topic Sarah because I think it's good for like the those of us who are infertile like me and you like cannot get pregnant on our own nope um it's good for us to know their experience so that we can be more welcoming well, more yeah. accepting and all of those things make them feel welcome. So on a good note about people who find themselves in the infertility community, uh, one of my friends, the one who I told the story about with the genetic uh, syndrome that yes. they would could pass on, um, she said she was pretty depressed after that diagnosis of them both being carriers and their daughter having it. And then when she found out about being able to do IVF for it, she's like, it was like the sky open and there was Aww. hope again. Yeah. So. Yes. Just because you find yourself here doesn't mean it's all doom and gloom. Correct. Yeah. You're here because there's options for you, which is a good thing. Yeah. So the first email is from Tessa and she writes... Hi, Kayla and Sarah. I saw your latest Instagram post and felt compelled to respond. So I put a post on Instagram about some of the topics that we discuss. Um, so she wrote, I'm perfectly fertile, very active, and in my early 20s. My first IVF cycle is in August. My husband has a nearly irreversible vasectomy. We visited a fertility clinic soon after we got married where we learned that our only chance of conception would be through IVF. So far, my IVF experience is subpar. Birth control gives me extreme mood swings and full face acne. So does the heavy financial burden. Yes, I hear you there. I often wonder why God chose this path for me. Like most people, I never wanted to be part of the infertile community, but now that I am, I don't feel like I belong in any group. However, the women whose stories I've read have moved me in ways I never expected. I'm grateful to be a part of this group of tremendous mothers. Thanks for reading, Tessa. So there's one I didn't think of for that first email we read. <laughs> sounds like Yeah, it sounds like her husband ha had a vasectomy that they couldn't reverse. So that'll fast track you to... They did too good of a job, I guess. Right. <laughs> With that. Yeah. And I can imagine from her perspective, like, she has no diagnosis of infertility. She's in her early 20s. 
and once you get like into the community and you ha- you hear all these women talking about all these really just dark things sometimes <laughs> that she's like uh I don't really have anything to say here you mm-hmm. know like so I get where she's coming from like feeling like she doesn't quite fit on baby center there are vasectomy uh, reversal groups. Oh, so there you go. That might be a good place to hang out for you. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And she says, I like that she said that the stories that she's heard, you know, being in the community, like, have, they've impacted her in a positive way. Like, I think that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah. But Tessa, you're part of the club. Yeah, because you have to do IVF. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, IVF is no freaking joke. It's hard. It's hard even if you don't, quote, need need it. Like, you know what I mean? If you're not infertile, it's still hard. Like yourself. But that's that's kind of like people who have the male factor only. True. Yeah, it is. That's true. Yeah, we can. you can just say you have male factor infertility. <laughs> Which you do. We just diagnosed you, Tessa. <laughs> because I'm guessing he doesn't have any sperm. He has azu sperm. Oh, uh, what's it called? <laughs> azu sperm. I don't know. Whatever. Spermia. You guys know what I mean. Whatever. <laughs> there's no sperm coming out. There's, there's of no there. sperm. <laughs> right. So I'm guessing that's gonna. That means they're gonna have to do a sperm extraction. Probably. Yeah. Or sometimes the vasectomy I think ruins like. Not ruins, like hurts the sperm quality. So they probably would have to do that. Oh, yeah. Retrieval. Actually, in our next episode, we're going to talk about that because we're going to talk about improving sperm quality. And I read that um, men who don't, who don't (sighs) whack it frequently, (laughs) like it impairs the sperm because they don't regenerate as much. If they're just like sitting, they're just hanging out in the balls, they're getting like old and crusty. Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> thankfully there there's surgery to help that. So you're saying they should masturbate more or have sex or more? Or have sex more? I'm sure they'd rather have sex more. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to feel the human touch <laughs> of a loving wife <laughs> or whoever, you know. <laughs> anyway, we're digressing. Tracy. <laughs> Tracy. Tracy wrote a comment that said, this isn't exactly the same as we have male factor infertility and are infertile, but our struggles have to have our twins was so, th- okay, I messed that up. Their struggles to have their twins were short. They got married, they TTC'd for six months, and then they saw a reproductive endocrinologist. They had their diagnosis and treatment plan in place, did IVF and got pregnant with their twins. And then they started seeing the doctor the beginning of October and had their embryos transferred by January 1st. So they pretty much were on the fast track. Yeah. Which I think she's saying now she feels a little out of place because it didn't take like, you know, everything went as good as it possibly could. Yeah. She had the thing like she had the thing that that's what we all wish happened when we go to the RE. Like you show up, they give you a diagnosis and then boom, 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 pregnant and you carry it to term and you don't ever have to see them again. That happens with a lot of people, though. 
Yeah, I think it... We probably don't hear about them because they're like, peace? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. I think it does happen for a lot of people. They just have... But I could understand, like, maybe Tracy wants to still or like maybe she has the identity crisis that do you want to suffer tracy is that what you want (laughs) i'm just kidding i am happy for you um and i think well you can still be a part of it of course it's the same way that you and i are still a part of it i feel like like we talked about having this identity crisis once you move on and you have kids yeah. And you still feel connected to the infertility community. Like we've said, we feel more connected to you guys than we do like with other moms that are like fertile people. <laughs> well, there's just such a wide group of people. Like I wouldn't hang out with a lot of them anyway. Yeah. Not to be mean, but. <laughs> not to be a total snob. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's it's not them. It's more me. Yeah. They don't I, get my sense of humor. They just don't get us, okay? And it's awkward, <laughs> and then I feel uncomfortable, and I don't say anything. And I <laughs> like stand the woman in the corner. you've met at the at the play place, and you're like, "So, you're infertile." Yeah, <laughs> she got awkward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but I think maybe maybe that's where she's coming from. Like, she still wants to be connected, but she feels like, "Oh, I didn't really." quote suffer as much as some of you guys so I don't know if I quite fit in not true you here's the thing no matter how no matter your situation there is always someone who has it better and someone who has it worse in everything in life right right so you can't like just because it was you had this great success which is awesome by the way like that doesn't that doesn't negate the fact that you had that you're infertile and you had to go through IVF and that doesn't take that doesn't take that away that somebody else has struggled for four years like it's still you still had to do those shots yeah you still went through the whole thing so and you had twins so that's like <laughs> it's hard it's an extra level of badassery I, I mean I assume <laughs> I don't have twins but you do so right you that's why me. I said that <laughs> okay so this is an email from maria and um she has she's in the similar to your friend she has a known genetic disease and that's why she's doing infertility treatments uh ivf um hello kayla and sarah first of all love the podcast it's a perfect mix of science and lightheartedness thank you uh you guys cracked me up Kayla, I found you on YouTube when I was learning how to do progesterone and oil shots. Ha Ooh. Yeah, I actually do think that video that I made is actually helpful. Like, some of mine, I'm like, don't bother, but that one I do think is helpful. I watched that one this yeah. time. Oh, you did? hmm <laughs> Yeah, I was watching it in January. Oh, nice. <laughs> I had no idea. I had never done the progesterone and oil before, and I was scared. Oh, was it helpful? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> it was. Okay. Uh, I would love you guys to talk IVF with PGD to avoid specific disease. We are doing IVF because my husband is a carrier for Huntington's disease, which is a neurodegenerative disease described as a cross between Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Jeez. I know. 
We knew he was at risk when we got married in 2014. After we got married, he had genetic testing done, and we found out he is a carrier. Huntington's disease runs in his family. It's an autosomal dominant gene, meaning you only need one parent with the gene to pass it on. There's a 50% chance of inheriting the gene. You can be a carrier and not show symptoms, but at a certain point in time, you will develop the disease at some point in your life. It typically presents later in life. The average age of onset is between 30 and 50 years old. However, a lot depends on the gene in each person's family. Those affected with the gene in my husband's family typically show symptoms in their 50s, thankfully, and this will likely be the case with my husband, at which point we pray a cure is available. And I'm already just, my heart breaks a little bit. I told her I have personal experience with this because my the my very first boyfriend, my first love had his father also had Huntington's disease. And so I watched how hard it was on their family. And so I my heart goes out to you guys and I as well pray that there is a cure available soon. Once it starts, do they have it for a long time or does it I think it I think it depends on the person, like how it affects, you, like, you know what I mean? Like how quickly it progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, like with, with my uh, ex-boyfriend, with his dad, he got it when, I, he must have been in his early 30s because it was when we were in high school. And he lived with it for a very long time. A very long time. So... It was kind of a slow progression, but it's a very sad disease, and I, I, I'm glad that they have the option of doing IVF so that they can... So that's basically what they're doing. They're doing IVF so that they can bypass uh, passing on the gene. Um, so that's why she has found herself in the infertility community. So um, I do want to finish... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. The, yeah, so I'm not going to read. She did. She told us about her whole history, which for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all of it. But basically, she already has gone through IVF um, and had a few canceled FETs. Then she had a failed FET. And she thought this was going to be a slam dunk because they didn't have any other like known fertility factors. Mm-hmm. So uh, they... Uh, and of course, they did PGS and PGD testing. That was the whole point to avoid the Huntington's disease. And now they have uh, two embryos left that have been tested. Um, and she's just kind of at an at a loss as far as like why the the other the other cycle failed. Um, so she says. You asked me about identifying in the infertility community. I do sometimes feel like I don't belong especially when you hear some of the truly heartbreaking things people have gone through. It really hit home what you said, Kayla, in Mandy's episode about feeling, quote, thankful that at least you have never gone through a miscarriage. I do try to remind myself that my struggle is so much less than some others. There's no reason why I can't get pregnant. Pregnant. I feel like my problems are not problems. Then I see women on the forums trying for IVF baby number two, and I think, why can't I have just one? I'm young. Everything works. What the heck? And then she <laughs> laments about some things. and um, So she says, uh, 
I've made some amazing friends in the infertility community, but I still have that little voice telling me I'm an imposter. It's a very hard place to be, especially when I feel so deeply that this is the right thing to do for our future kids. It's hard on my husband since this is, quote, his issue, but then I feel guilty for not being able to get pregnant right away. I call this process the fun train. This is just (laughs) another stop on the fun train for me. Do you even get to enjoy being pregnant when this is all over? It just seems like another hurdle. You have to get through so many hurdles, and then you have to see if you can carry a baby full term. I used to not understand how couples could stop infertility treatments. If you want a baby, keep at it. Well, now I know. It freaking sucks. I can't even be happy for friends who are pregnant. Baby shower? Pass. You sent me a birth announcement? Yeah, that's going in the trash. Your ankles are swollen from pregnancy? I would love to be pregnant, so shut the fuck up. (laughs) Anyway... That's my story. Thank you for reading this, and thank you for creating the Facebook group. I think it's a really great group of non-preachy women, and it's where I feel the most accepted, Maria. Oh, good. Yes. If Did you're she not say in the when Facebook her... group, yeah. Did she say when her next uh, transfer is? I think she did. She's doing... Um, it's up there in the email somewhere. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't see it right this second, but... Uh, yeah, uh, sometime soon. I think she she's having a hysteroscopy. She said just to confirm that there's nothing else going on before she does another transfer. I think hysteroscopies are better than the saline infused ultras or sonograms. Oh yeah, yeah, because they get in there and they actually see what's it's in there. Ac- right, it's an actual camera instead of just an ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they can remove polyps or whatever while they're in there. Right. So, And they can, like, rough things up, which makes <laughs> implantation. Sticky. Yeah. They make, it makes implantation more likely statistically. They put the, they put extra honey in your pot. Yeah. Yeah. They do. But it is more involved, too. Like, it's more painful. It's more painful. In most cases, you get put under, so it's going to be more expensive. Like, the same. Oh, I was awake. I know you were you're one of the few like it seems like most people get put under it wasn't bad the second time right because you didn't have anything removed you said well I took okay I took Tylenol and then (laughs) they gave me more like what did they give me Percocet Tylenol 3 I don't know Mm -hmm. so I had like way too much Tylenol but I was like Oh no, is my liver going to whatever <laughs> happens when you take too much Tylenol? <laughs> yeah. Just take oh. the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> drugs are good when you're going through. Yeah, don't try to be a hero. No, now's not the time. Especially after a C-section. Take the drugs. Take the drugs. And stay on them until you don't need them anymore. But don't get addicted. <laughs> Words of wisdom from Sarah. <laughs> like, I could see how people would get addicted to painkillers. Of course. I don't. I hate them. They're awful. Once you get over that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we digress again. Anyway. Maria, thank you for sharing. Yes. And I hope your next transfer is the one. Yes. And... I don't like that she said she feels like she's an imposter because she's not. You're not an imposter. 
when you hear that little voice in your head, like you said, tell it to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not an imposter. Soon Hello. You will have swollen ankles too. That's right. That's or right. Or not. No, oh, your people have swollen ankles when they're pregnant. <laughs> it's just not like it's like I was saying earlier about perspective. Yeah, you haven't gone through like the pain of miscarriage or the pain of like not being able to get pregnant on your own, but you doing have your it own. all the time. Yeah, what? And doing it all the time. And doing it all the time. But you, you know, have you have your own burden to bear here that most people don't you know so it's yeah just, you're worrying about a genetic disease that will like <laughs> could hurt your child later on in life right i feel like getting that taken care of is a big deal so you are in the club you're so in the club and we love having you here <laughs> yes we do and i like hearing your perspective yes it's just good for all of us to hear other perspectives on why people are here with us. So thank you for sharing. And keep us posted on how your hysteroscopy and your next transfer go. Yes, please. Uh-oh. I lost my place. Oh. <laughs> Liv Google is Docs. up next. <laughs> Liv's up next. I was going to... Let me get down to it. Liv. <laughs> She says, I was socially infertile initially as I am single. It has been hard not having the support of a loving partner through all this. I am now, I guess, infertile technically too. I am struggling with egg quality for no known reason, aside from having some pre-existing autoimmune issues. I mean, that could be a reason. Yeah, it could. Read, it starts with the egg. <laughs> We'll refer you back to Eggs with the Side of Pregnancy, please. (laughs) Episode number 18. 18, Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And she said, I have also found it hard as on a single income, I don't have much more money for future cycles. Yeah, I could see that. My um, fertility eh. specialist. (laughs) Okay. I was like, I don't know what that is. Initially told me it'd be a breeze, you know, because no known infertility issues right yet three years later i'm still on the roller coaster not sure where to go from here i've not told many friends as they just don't get it so it's pretty lonely experience couples struggle for years and since we didn't i don't always feel like a part of the community that might be from an earlier Okay, I was like, um, we. Hey, we make mistakes on this podcast. I think that was my uh, copy and paste. Whoopsie. I was like, did she get a person (laughs) at the end of this paragraph? (laughs) By the time she's done with this paragraph, she has a person now. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, I think that was supposed to be attached to someone else. But yeah, she's a single, hopefully in the near future, single mom, single person going through infertility treatments. And that would be tough. It would be. I can understand the, the it being really lonely. The movies show it as like this quick thing. All you do is get sperm. Right. Like you see that it. all the time in the movies. And now you're pregnant. Yeah. When it's like, 
oh, I'm 35 and I haven't found a man, but I want a baby. So I'm just going to go down the street to the sperm bank, pick me up some sperm, shoot it up there. Done. Yeah. Keep it on a little candle warmer (laughs) in the bathroom. That's not exactly how it works. (laughs) So, but and I'm sure that's why her friends don't get it too. They're like, um, don't you just have to like, you know, on your list of things to do today, go to the sperm bank, get some sperm? (laughs) Isn't it that simple? Or I'm sure they'd be like, why don't you just have a one night stand? (laughs) Yeah, I could see someone saying something dumb like that. Something stupid like that, of course. Yeah. It it is hard to not have this. She says the support of a loving partner, and she's right. Like I feel like most of us that have that support of a loving partner that are, that's going through it with us, like we really depend on that person. Yeah, you know, you need them to like lean on. They catch the crazy, <laughs> right? And sometimes, if you're if you're Bill, if you're my husband. They back away slowly. Okay. <laughs> You're like, I'm just going to go down to the bar. <laughs> right. She's like, we've got Ursula the Sea Witch on our hands this evening. <laughs> uh, I think maybe I'll wait till Kayla comes back. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that would be very hard. It would be hard. To go through it alone. And you, so I know you said she was initially like, quote infertile or not infertile but now she has this diagnosis you're you are so in the club like you you are there and you definitely I hope you're I hope you're able to get that support somewhat through the community I mean I know it's not it wouldn't be the same as like having another person that's right there with you but I hope that you're getting some support through the community uh, so that you don't have to bear all this by yourself like, you can call me and Sarah anytime you want. You can bitch about your friends that tell you to go to the sperm bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Kendall. Kendall writes, We conceived our son as soon as my body ovulated. After him, as soon as my cycle returned, we conceived. Lost that one. Then two months later, same thing. And then next. So that's three losses in four months. In the four cycles since, despite meds, we have been unable to conceive. I've been hesitant to join any infertility groups because I don't necessarily consider us infertile, just struggle to hold a pregnancy and now achieve one. I almost feel bad claiming the unexplained secondary infertility because are we technically infertile or just suffer from recurrent pregnancy loss? It seems like such a gray area, and I feel like I can't call myself infertile knowing we can, in fact, conceive. Hmm. It's a good question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we talked about, we just talked about this at the beginning of the, of the episode. Yeah, people that can conceive, that's why I think it's a confusing um, name for the community, because being infertile is means you can't achieve pregnancy within a year or whatever like that's like the, the technical definition or is it you can't achieve a live birth yeah maybe it should be you can't achieve a live birth maybe they just need to change the definition we're changing the definition um let's call up 
Wikipedia and dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> we could change it on Wikipedia. Anyone can change it. That's right. Inability to. That's why you shouldn't a live birth. Quote Wikipedia. Right. We've said in that research before. papers. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> You'll look like an idiot if you make a presentation to people and you're quoting Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I because I feel like it alienates these people a little bit because then they feel like they don't fit into this community when they most certainly do. So when I interviewed Mandy, which if you're listening and you have had recurrent pregnancy loss, please go listen to that episode um, where we interviewed Mandy and she talked about that and she she talked about this exact topic of feeling like she maybe offended people in the infertility community talking about her pregnancies and I was just like what like I would never ever be offended by someone talking like she said it best because she said like the light bulb moment that she had that she was in fact did belong in this community was that yes she can get pregnant but the result is the same as you and I there's no baby yeah I remember watching her be pregnant with triplets and it was like this long drawn out process and she's like I don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. what is happening here they're not growing but I'm not miscarrying yet. And it was like, it was just this long thing. I'm like, yeah, you're definitely in the infertility community. Agonizing. You have the same feelings of despair and frustration and sadness and loneliness and fear and all that, like the same, if not more so, if you suffer from recurrent pregnancy loss. So, yeah, I don't... I. I want to make that so very clear that no one, I think she said someone on her Instagram one time like wrote, she was talking about how her pregnancy tests weren't getting darker mm-hmm. and someone, so she was afraid she was miscarrying and she did. And this was after, this was her first embryo Frozen? transfer. Yeah. And so she was posting about it and someone wrote like, well, at least you've seen a line before. I've never seen a line. Oh, and whatever. <laughs> And I, I'm sure that person that like that comments coming from a from their own source of pain, but it made her feel self-conscious like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I don't belong in this community. Maybe I'm offending people by talking about my pregnancy. And it's like, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Like this never crossed my mind. Like, feel free to think that and maybe say it to your friends, but don't say it to the person. Yeah. No, yeah, of course I get like it can be frustrating if you've never seen a line, and some. But the, I that feel like a miscarriage would be way worse than never seeing a line. One hundred percent. And I told her that because I've been on both sides where I struggled for a lot of people have. I struggled for two years and never saw a line. Couldn't even get pregnant, and then did IVF and miscarried and the pain of the miscarriage for me personally was much worse than the pain of not being able to get pregnant so these people need our support too like they they're just as much a part of the infertility community as anyone because again the result is the same no No baby. baby 
So, and with that, <laughs> we're going to go to a minute with Mandy. <laughs> I certainly never saw that infertility patient being someone like myself who could achieve a pregnancy naturally. I was told by my obstetrician that I was experiencing infertility due to reoccurrent miscarriages. And as soon as I heard my obstetrician say the word infertility, I had a little angst about that word. I automatically felt uncomfortable with that word infertility. I just felt that I myself didn't fit into the infertility community. And to consider myself an infertility patient was inconsiderate to those women who were facing what I considered real infertility, as in they couldn't achieve a pregnancy and they have never seen a positive pregnancy test. And it took me a really, really long time to be able to accept the fact that I was an infertility patient and be able to feel comfortable saying that I am a woman who suffers from infertility. Whenever you don't have a typical diagnosis of male factor infertility, PCOS, diminished ovarian reserve, unexplained infertility, whenever you don't have a diagnosis of that and your diagnosis is for instance, in my case, reoccurrent pregnancy loss, I kind of felt like, where do I fit in? And I can't stay pregnant on my own. I need substantial medical intervention in order to stay pregnant and to carry a pregnancy to term. So I certainly don't fit in with your normal run-of-the-mill pregnant women who can get pregnant on their own. But at the same time, I didn't feel like I necessarily fit in with the infertility community because here my friends like Kayla and Sarah were struggling every single month to see a positive pregnancy test and they had never seen one. I also didn't want to seem flippant of the fact that I could achieve pregnancy and they couldn't. So it was really hard for me to admit for a very long time and to say that I was an infertility patient. I actually didn't feel comfortable considering myself an infertility patient until I had already had my IVF PGS tested baby. She was probably about four or five months old at the time. And I was speaking to one of my friends in the infertility community who did IVF because she could not get pregnant. So her and I were talking about this and I said, I just don't feel like I'm an infertility patient. I don't want to consider myself an infertility patient and be so disrespectful to someone like yourself who struggled so hard to achieve a pregnancy and had never seen a positive pregnancy test. I don't want to offend anyone in this community. And she had told me that I am just as much an infertility patient as anyone else, that I needed to feel okay with the fact of accepting that and owning up to that and saying that I belong in this community, even though none of us want to belong in this community. I do feel it is important to feel like you belong somewhere um, for support and someone to say, I understand what you're going through. I do think it is highly important to be able to place yourself in one of the two groups. So that's finally where I led myself to acceptance of I'm the fertile infertile that can get pregnant but cannot stay pregnant. And therefore, I am an infertility patient 
with unique needs. There are many other women just like myself who are struggling with reoccurrent miscarriage, who are needing to go through infertility treatments, maybe because they're a breast cancer patient, maybe because they are a same-sex couple that is wanting to start their own family. Maybe they have genetic diagnoses that they need to rule out um, to achieve a healthy pregnancy. And these people are just as much a part of the infertility community as those who are experiencing male factor infertility or PCOS or any other medical infertility diagnoses. So if you find yourself in this in this subsection of the infertility community, please don't feel like you don't belong. You most certainly do. We may be the minority of infertility patients, but please know that we are here. You do belong. You are here. You are supported. You are loved. No one feels offended because you are here. No one feels threatened with the fact that you are here because you can achieve a pregnancy. You just maybe can't carry a pregnancy to term. I don't think any infertility patient would ever feel offended or hurt by someone who can't carry a pregnancy to term. I hope that by hearing my personal experience with how I accepted myself as a member of the infertility community, it may help you feel more comfortable to also say that you too are a part of the infertility community. This has been A Minute with Nurse Mandy. All right. That was a minute with Mandy. Thank you so much, Mandy, for sharing that with us today. Um, I think your experience, like I said, will help a lot of people. And if you want to hear more from Mandy on this topic, please go listen to our interview with her on recurrent pregnancy loss. People really like that episode. They do. Then it makes me feel insecure. (laughs) (laughs) No, but really, they really liked the one with Mandy. I think they like that episode because it really struck a chord with a lot of people in that same position. I mean, not only is her story heartbreaking after losing a child to preterm labor and incompetent cervix, she then went on to have recurrent pregnancy loss. And then on top of that, felt like she didn't fit in the infertility community for a while. She does now. But so I just feel like it really resonates with people like, yeah. Not only that, but when you do YouTube, sometimes if you have an opinion either way, people will attack you. Oh, I know. And people attacked her. They for did. stuff. Stupid stuff. And then she, <laughs> do you remember that video where she like went off on them? I do. That was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, probably not hilarious to her. No. But I was like, oh, man. Oh, snap. <laughs> Someone said it. no she did she said everything that we sometimes feel about the trolls on youtube which is why that's another reason i don't do it anymore because i don't i leave my videos up because i think it still helps some people out there but i don't have time for trolls like i'm just lazy (laughs) that too i'm lazy too i would rather do this i would rather sit and talk to you yeah i don't it's just a lot of work to put makeup on (laughs) and get ready well you wouldn't have to do that i know but but with me you can just sit here and yeah yeah i just jumped out of the shower when we started talking i was just putting eyebrows on that's right 
Yeah. So I'm glad that she, I feel like she's gotten a new sense of like support, even just in like our Facebook group. And because I think um, sharing her story publicly left a bad taste in her mouth sometimes Mm -hmm. with certain, because she got negative feedback from some people and which is just uncalled for. Like, how are you going to criticize someone who lost a child and had all this loss and had to do People are assholes. People are such assholes. (laughs) (laughs) They are. But some people are not assholes. Like those of you that left ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts for us. And now we're segueing into Out of the Box where we're going to announce our giveaway winner. (laughs) I'm I'm gonna find some exciting music to insert there. Oh, okay, fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm guessing you guys want to know who won. I know you're all holding your breath. Okay, <laughs> the first winner is Alicia. Alicia, dun da da da. <laughs> Kayla is gonna read her review. Yes, she wrote us a great review. Uh, She says, I'm going through my fourth round of IVF. Oh, girl, you got this. And I stumbled upon the Infertile Mafia podcast. I absolutely love listening on my way to and from appointments with my RE. What a good time to listen. We probably need to make more episodes for her because if she's like, you know, you go to your RE every other day. So she's probably run out already. (laughs) (laughs) With it being my fourth cycle, I struggle to talk about my infertility Not due to being ashamed, but because people in my life just don't get it. When I listen to Sarah and Kayla, I feel like I'm driving with my infertile best friends who just get me. (laughs) Oh, They are real, absolutely hilarious, and give raw details of what it truly is like to be a TTC warrior in this sometimes lonely journey. I love that they have zero filter. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. And that they're just two regular girls who did not forget their struggles even after they built their families. I cannot re- recommend this podcast enough to not only the TTC community, but as well the support systems of all those trying to conceive. Sarah and Kayla give a non-edited real-life look as to what it's like to truly be a person struggling through infertility. Did I mention they're absolutely hysterical? Oh, come on. That's why you won. <laughs> Alicia, I don't know. Just suck up to us and tell us we're funny. We don't care about being pretty. We care about being funny. (laughs) That's right. I don't know that I'd go as far as hysterical. (laughs) But I don't know. That comment, that thing about my father-in-law being a tourist in every room. (laughs) You said that. My brother-in-law said that. I just repeated it. That was really fun. Anything that we say that's funny, we just stole it from someone else. True. I love that she, I like that she said that she feels like this podcast, it would be good for anybody because that is what we wanted it to be. I mean, I know it's obviously geared toward the infertility community, Mm -hmm. but I've had other people like Uh, friends and family members of mine that have listened and have told me hey I didn't know any of this stuff and I'm learning so much like mostly just about like our perspective Mm -hmm. and I think that's great like so thank you for that awesome review Alicia 
We appreciate yes, your you. support. And you win. You're the winner. But we have another winner. <laughs> That's right. We have two winners. What? It's so exciting. We love giving stuff away. <laughs> the next one is Erin. Right. And uh, she said, my main reason for emailing you, just before we made the decision to move forward, I was in one of the darkest and saddest points that I've ever been. I felt frustrated, sad, and hopeless. I started questioning if this is what it felt like to be depressed and wasn't sure if it was the hormones or me, but I felt so off. It was very unsettling. I was determined to get myself out of the hole that I was in, so I made an appointment to talk to the psychologist at our clinic, and I listened to your podcast when I just needed a laugh. Laughing and finding humor in a shitty situation has really helped me cope. So basically, I just wanted to say thank you so much for speaking from the heart. You're making a huge difference on women who really need support and laughter. This is an incredible community of support that I never even knew until now. Thanks, Erin. Yeah. She um, found us through actually someone, a, a friend of hers that has twins that I know. Anyway, it's not. But she she was, you're, this will make you mad, Sarah, but she was diagnosed with PCOS through an OBGYN, even though she was like completely atypical. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, you can't get pregnant? You have PCOS. <laughs> I think that's kind of what it was. So she did She did the whole, like, Clomid and then moved forward with Letrozole and injections and then had IUIs that failed. And uh, so she is getting ready for IVF this summer in July. So she needs this goodie bag more than ever. <laughs> the care package will come at the perfect time. Exactly. So uh, thanks for sending it. Thanks for writing a review, Erin. She wrote a review, but this what we read was a, an email follow-up that she sent to us, and we really appreciate the review and just letting us know who you are and sharing your story, and I'm glad the podcast has been helpful. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. So, and I'm glad that you made an appointment to see your psychologist. Yes, because a lot of people, I think they're scared. Like it's scary to go talk to someone and admit that mm -hmm. you need help. Yeah, but well, and the it seems like she said, everyone who does it, they're like, I feel better now. Right. Just talking to someone. Like some people may want medicine to help with depression and some people just want to talk to someone right so like she said she started questioning if she was depressed like well if you're questioning it there's a good chance you could be depressed or you just need it like or let you need to talk else, to someone let somebody else help you sort that out yeah and even if you don't even know what you would say that's okay like you don't have to that's kind of the point of therapy you don't need to go in there with your thoughts figured out they help you sort through your thoughts so um I'm how does that make you feel <laughs> <laughs> i've never been to a therapist but oh you haven't <laughs> no i haven't uh i see one weekly so do I feel, you yeah does it do you feel like it helps absolutely Good. i have learned a lot about myself through therapy. 
they help you get to the bottom of all your mommy issues, your daddy issues, your <laughs> all the issues. <laughs> no, you go in for one thing and then the next thing you know you're talking about like that time that your dad left for two weeks and <laughs> oh like I'm that time that I haven't talked to my sperm donor in like <laughs> oh, 15 years. Right. It just all comes out. <laughs> I started seeing, I'm not even joking. I'm I no. <laughs> <laughs> I started seeing I've seen seen one on and off throughout my adult life, but I started seeing one like eight months after the girls were born because I was having pretty bad postpartum anxiety and I just have kept up with it because it's really been helpful for other areas of my life but that was initially why I went and then I've it's been helping lots of other things too I bet I just went on Zoloft (laughs) like a week after giving birth because I was losing it maybe you should go talk to a therapist Sarah Maybe I will eventually. <laughs> You're my therapist, though. That's right. I know. I love See, it. See, I'm one of those people who's like, I don't really want to go talk I'll to I'll just someone. talk to it, Kayla. <laughs> but if you want to go see a therapist, do it. It'll yeah. probably help. And if you don't like it, then you don't have to keep going. Yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not against therapy at all. Like, I think people should go. I just I feel fine. <laughs> now that's like, the Zoloft did the trick it was a hormone <laughs> imbalance for me which happens a lot yeah after pregnancy so Ugh. yeah but anyway so but that, anyway so that was the show the show yeah. is not about therapy no <laughs> <laughs> the show is therapy it's not yes. about therapy <laughs> but congratulations to Aaron and Alicia Woo-hoo. and I hope your cycles go well yeah hope your cycles go well and hope that the goodies make it a little less sucky (laughs) and uh if you want you could just put beer in those cooler bags (laughs) or whatever you're talking about booze again oh man it's a running theme like it's like the dogs sorry if you don't drink whoever's (laughs) listening to this (laughs) All right, Sarah, you want to close us out? Yeah. Join our closed Facebook group called the Infertile Mafia. Follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe (laughs) subscribe to this podcast to hear lots of talk about eggs and balls and stuff. And feel free to give us a rating and review or share the podcast yeah, be, with anyone. Cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. And in our next episode, we're talking about Brad Pitt. What if he's over and there's someone new? Well, I'm sure he is over. Like, he's just my person. Okay. Yeah. So whoever you, who when I picture like, when, whenever I say to you, picture like the hunkiest, dreamiest guy you can think of. You know who I'm feeling right now? That's who we're talking about. Shamar Sh- Moore. Yes, that's who I was going to say. <laughs> How did you know? I don't know. Because you just had a feeling. You're feeling it too. I'm feeling it too. He is so good looking. Yeah. Oh my is. gosh. He is so good looking. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Whew, I'm like, it's getting hot in this closet right now. <laughs> I'm like, mm, yeah. yeah. So I'm sure people are super confused. We're not actually talking about Brad Pitt or Shamarmore. No, no, we're not. We're, we're talking uh, about sperm. <laughs> oh. Did you connect the dots there? We're talking it's, about the the Brad Pitt or Shamar Moore of sperm, like the perfect specimens of sperm. The sexy ones. Right. We're talking about ways to improve sperm quality. That's what's happening in our next episode. And you might be into someone else. Yeah, whoever your person is. That's what, like, that. we want you to picture your, that person when we're in our next episode. Yeah. Maybe your person is your husband. I don't know. My person's my husband. I mean, can you have more than <laughs> one person? <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> So yeah, join us next time and thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye. Bye.